0: High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to CageClub.me. That's cageclub.me. School is out and it's Friday night! And now you're off on vacation. Something you try to explain. And darling, it's I look so That's the reason I just let you go Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding
1: you tight I spent four lonely days in a brown hilly haze
0: And I just want you back by my side When sun loud bragger tries to put me down and says his school is great i tell him right away now what's the matter buddy ain't you heard of my school it's number one in the state hey hey take it away get that so ball you school?
1: veterans, those who this nation has lost in wars and all nations, and this year, a special shout-out to those of us who are essential workers out there, and non-essential workers. Shout-out to all of us for going through this. But this is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. So a very happy Memorial Day to all of you. Hope you're staying safe and having a good time, doing whatever it is you can do to just feel good. Memorial Day is usually the start of the summer here in the United States, and I don't know, I hope it still is that for you in some way. Hopefully we get a summer here. Who knows what will happen, but I'm excited. Regardless, the weather is getting better, things are getting nicer, and it does feel like things are improving. And I hope despite it being Memorial Day, that you're ready for class today, and I hope you did your homework. First, did you listen to last Friday's episode? It was an awesome one. It was a really fun one. And it was Blockers with Mike Manzi. And honestly, we talked a lot of wrestling, so I do apologize for that. But still, I enjoyed it. It was awesome. I know I keep saying that, but I love having Mike Manziano. That's a really good film. You should check it out if you want to have a good time. But this week's homework was to watch a different film. It's Cheer Monday, guys. It's Cheer Monday. So you know what that means. Woo! We're talking another cheerleading film. And today is Pride Monday as well, because we're talking about one of the best films ever, in my opinion, when it comes to LGBTQ cinema, and that's But I'm a Cheerleader. And our guest today is Jenny O'Connell, and this is a fun episode. And if you're, uh, I don't know, if you're not willing to hear some subversive stuff, maybe you don't want to hear this episode today, but I'm with it. This was one of my favorite episodes to record, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. I'm so excited. But I'm a Cheerleader is a film that really snuck under the radar when it came out, and now you watch it, and it's so ahead of its time. And in New York, Pride was canceled this year in terms of like the parade and stuff. But it's getting to Pride season, and I know people are going to be celebrating in some ways. And I guess take this as our celebration not only a Memorial Day celebration, but a Pride celebration as a discussion of But I'm a Cheerleader. Just a quick warning on this episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you going? Come on. By now you know the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. And we might be being homeschooled, and it might be a holiday, but I brought the bell home with me. Make sure you pay attention next time you hear it ring. For what? I don't know. Whatever. I just like saying that. (laughs) Anyway, just a little warning. The internet connection wasn't that great. A lot of people are using Zoom and discord and house party these days so not getting the best internet connection but we had such a fun conversation and we didn't let us stop us so hopefully you don't let it stop you from enjoying this episode quick homework things remember to like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram and of course remember to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts whether that be google play stitcher spotify spotify Woo. You can tell I've been drinking the Memorial Day beers, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating, leave us a review, and of course, you could always email us at highschoolslumberparty@gmail.com. At that is highschoolslumberparty@gmail.com. But I want to get into this one, because this is a fun one. The song that I'm going to leave you with is Chick Habit by April-March. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping at Brian's, or maybe having a some kind of study session whatever because we're about to get our party on class dismissed Jenny, I'm happy to have you back here at the slumber party, especially for our cheerleading series. I don't know if this is the biggest cheer film, but it definitely definitely fits the mold. I'm assuming you were not a cheerleader in high school. I'm gonna take a wild guess.
0: You are very correct with that. <laughs> no, I I'm not particularly flexible, and I also hate raising my voice. And I have a resting bitch voice. <laughs> Plus, like being, you know, like a little baby goth. I'm like. Nope, I was not a cheerleader.
1: (laughs) Well, of course, on High School Slumber Party, we introduced ourselves by saying name, high school, graduating year optional because we're not ageist and the team name, so even though you might not have had school spirit back in the day, you're going to have to muster a little bit of school spirit right now.
0: Okay, I will will do the best with my resting bitch (laughs) voice. So, hey, my name is Jenny O'Connell and the uh, team that I ignored for my high school, they were called the Harbormen and I would still maintain that they should have been called the Seamen.
1: (laughs) And where was that again?
0: That was in Hingham, Massachusetts which is a really small town if you've seen the movie hot fuzz it's the american version of that town just like you know little bits of homophobia and i would have voted for obama for a third term if i could that's the vibe (laughs) it's real cute it's real picturesque but you know they're also not going to be hiring me for any sort of like endorsement tour guide which i'm totally (laughs) fine with
1: (laughs) The film we're doing today is But I'm a Cheerleader from 1999 slash 2000, depending on where you were. But we'll say 99 because that's when it it was earliest. First, what's your history with this film? Had you seen it before?
0: Okay, I have... Seen it before, and I remember like one of the bright spots of my high school was that there was a GSA. I think they've hopefully updated the term for that club to like LGBTQ Alliance, but it was essentially like the club for all the gay kids, which included me and all my friends because it was kind of funny that when I came into high school. I tried to convince myself, I'm like, I'm straight, I'm straight, you know, it's totally normal, like every single other girl just thinks about Kate Winslet's boobs and Titanic. you know, (laughs) like, it's normal, it's fine, I'm straight. I had friends that I also thought they were straight, because they were like, yeah, I'm straight, it's normal, it's fine, I'm straight, and then we all joined the Gay Straight Alliance and them all (laughs) came out. So it was, like, cool. Like, there were maybe, like, I don't know, eight people in the the gay Straight lines in our school. So it was a very small club. It was low-key controversial because at the time that I went to high school, it was totally acceptable to just be like, that's so gay. And, like, again the rampant homophobia in my town was, like not super helpful for that so anyway i watched this film in the g the gay straight alliance because our guidance counselor was like a sweet precious gay angel mr lally <laughs> i love him so much and like i wish that like there wasn't any sort of mental illness stigma that i had that i would have like taken his advice to go to therapy because turns out it's really hard to grow up as like a queer kid in a straight town like that's so he got in a lot of trouble for showing this movie and it's like the movie nights were controversial yeah because he would like try to show us movies that had queer representation so it wasn't like hey you're alone you weird freak abomination you know like you're gross and disgusting it was like oh look no you're not alone you're just stuck in the shitty town and like look at all this representation like everything you're feeling is like normal and fine and like you know parents would get mad (laughs) and would like be like you're showing smut you know so that's where i saw it at a movie night gay straight alliance first yeah 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 very helpful just with like hoping and like realizing it's not the movie that like made me realize that there were querios in my cheerios it helped me like be okay with
1: that a, a lot to unpack there but i gotta ask <laughs> what was the movie then if there was one
0: oh mm.
1: <laughs> i didn't wow. know if there was like <laughs> well, one that you see? decided on or something
0: i mean no no it's like well there, are they're definitely like Indications from an early age. I already mentioned Kate Winslet's boobs and Titanic, and like just, you know, like little things that, like, kind of, kind of like, huh, yeah, oh shit, I guess that is not normal. <laughs> I mean, in reality, what really solidified my queerness was, like, I had a crush on this foreign exchange student. (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, wait, shit. Okay. So it was actually a person that made me realize it.
1: I mean, that makes more sense. I was just curious. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, no. I think that's, like, a perfectly valid question, because it's, like, watching, like, movies that centered around queer characters, even though I hadn't had that experience at the time, it was something that I, I related to more instead of, when I'd watch fully straight characters, it's like I tended not to relate to the women. And like that can be for a combination of, you know, women in like rom-coms are poorly developed and like are just there to be like pretty and like the male protagonist is like the interesting one because Hollywood is fucked up. <laughs> but you know, like it resonated. It didn't seem like, oh, this isn't my experience. What is this going on? I don't understand that feeling. We're being like oh, yeah, I really want to touch this exchange student's hand and not (laughs) have it be, like, well-received and mutual. (laughs) Because that's a a whole struggle. (laughs) Yeah, lots lots to get into and unpack. (laughs) It's
1: really cool to note the timing of just your experience and this film, like... You said, I know you didn't go to high school in 1999, but even at that no, time, yeah. we're not where we are today. And even yeah. 1999 doesn't seem that long ago. I mean, it was 21 years ago, but Fuck. <laughs> it was it was worlds different compared to like just gay LGBT acceptance.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it, it was like so much more acceptable to like make fun of the LGBTQ community, and you didn't have the presence that you do now of social media and people being like, "This is fucked up." You still. Had people saying from that community, nah, this is fucked up, but it's so much easier to ignore when you don't have multiple platforms of people being like, um, you're homophobic, what the shit?
1: (laughs) No, it was definitely like homophobia was something that was ingrained in society I mean, it's weird to think about, but I always say this. In 1999, there was nowhere in the United States that a gay person could legally get married, I believe, right? Yeah. No president until, what, midterm Obama approved of it? Right. Obama originally campaigned against it. And it's weird to say and think about, but we have changed so much as a society, obviously, we have places we need to go. I'm not right. saying we're perfect.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely not.
1: <laughs> when you see this kind of film in the prism of 1999, you realize that it's like, wow, this film was so ahead of its time. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Look, Natasha Leone and we'll get to her, right? But she's the same year starring in American Pie, you know? Right? You compare <sighs> this kind of high school film with American Pie and it's like, wow, these are different stories being told. Now yep. eventually in American Pie, like I don't know, maybe three, four, one of the one of the other ones, the right. character in that is revealed to be gay, which I mean, I think it was a win and it also like a little bit of like the evolution of that series, which I'm not complimenting. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I haven't watched like the wedding one. I I haven't
0: either. (laughs) I've seen like the first two and just kind of was like, what did I watch? What what is this (laughs) this straight nonsense? And I just checked out. I was like, I'm out. Bye.
1: But I mean, I, I think it's a kind of a nod culturally to be like at the time her character in that Jessica who was by the way my favorite character in that film. Mm, yeah. You know, it's not really like said who she is, but she definitely like gives those vibes. And eventually when like either again, I don't remember if it's the third or fourth one, but eventually when like one of the later sequels comes out, like suddenly it's okay. So the fact that this is this film, but I'm a cheerleader is doing this in 1999 is so just remarkable and amazing and we're definitely gonna get into it
0: agreed yeah and the fact that it's directed by a queer woman and is her debut and like is just so i don't know it's one of those films that it's very obvious to me that queer people were involved in it it's not some like straight white dude being like i wonder what the gays think it's (laughs) like (laughs) It's like so real and funny, too. I love that it lived up to the whole Oscar Wilde, tell the truth, but make them laugh. Otherwise, they'll kill you. I'm totally butchering that quote. I'm sure that he said it way more eloquently than that. But that's the thesis of of his statement. So... I'm impressed that they did that because it's like everything of that time period and being real like today women who are directors it's like so far and few in between it's so hard to get opportunities like to have something that's led by a woman and a queer woman and like a team of queer people I'm just like wow 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 wow. (laughs) <laughs> you know oh <laughs> uh, no
1: that's totally totally true we're gonna get into the production and the director and the actors because it's super important for this film especially but before any of that every week i read the back of the dvd back of the vhs i actually found uh back of the dvd image on google image search i watched the film on either one of the free apps to be mm-hmm. i think it was and they have commercials but they're limited commercials and hey it's free so whatever yeah. but <laughs> You know, you could rent it too on Amazon for a couple dollars as well.
0: Right. It's pretty
1: accessible these days.
0: It is, which is good. I mean, we'll we'll definitely get into this more. I love Natasha Leon so much. So much. And I hate Jeff Bezos like as much as I love Natasha Leo. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where the little like mm at Amazon goes. Fair, Even though fair. I know I'm I'm trash and I've ordered Amazon before, you know. It's, <laughs> we live in the darkest timeline. Let me just like get comfort with <laughs> Natasha Leo.
1: <laughs> gotcha fair. Well, here's the back of the DVD anyway. If any of you are lucky enough to own this DVD, uh. This candy box colored comedy of sexual discovery chronicles the life of Megan, a typical teenager coming in, sorry, a typical, a typical teenager coming of age in anything but typical fashion. Megan's supernormal suburban existence is filled with friends, pom-poms, rah-rah enthusiasm, until her straight-laced parents suspect that their little pootie, may, in fact, be showing deviant tendencies. In a complete panic, Megan's parents elicit the help of her friends and the guidance of a rehabilitation camp to mount an all-out intervention. Mike, a True Directions counselor, leads the intervention, and before Megan can pack her pom-poms, she is whisked off to learn how to be the perfect woman. True Directions is run under the strict, all-seeing eyes of sadistic Mary. Megan dutifully gets... With uh, the deprogramming so she can quickly return to her life of boyfriends, football games, and her absolute favorite activity, cheerleading. Everything seems perfect, but the fun begins when her hormones start to rage and her her friends and family (laughs) wonder where she'll find love kind of a weird back of yeah uh, it's not completely like off the film or anything it, it's not they, it's they, just kind gay of gay at all
0: <laughs> no see that's the thing i was gonna say it's like the equivalent of like when somebody says oh you're bisexual but you can still bring guys home or, like you can still date guys right like when you're like a bi woman <laughs> or like the equivalent of a tv show having a character that's clearly supposed to be bisexual, but they're just like, I don't like labels. I am fluid. <laughs> and I'm like, just say the fucking term <laughs> Like uh. <laughs> So yeah, they definitely did not say gay at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little odd. I-, I think today it would say it all over the packaging and more, but
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess As not they should. <laughs>
1: So my history with the film is I had seen it way back when. This was a film at Blockbuster that was pretty featured, but I don't think many people rented. I don't remember when I first saw mm. it, but it's been years. So yeah. I felt like this was, again, my first watch in a while. And believe it or not, this film is even more, like again, ahead of its time and, dare I say, gay than I thought it was. Like I don't know how. But, yeah, again, I was surprised. Like, 1999? This is crazy. And you mentioned before the director, uh, Jamie Babbitt. This was her first feature film. She had a a run of short films that had done pretty well. You know, she got this financed originally. It was, like, 500000 and then it went up to a million. And when it came out, it was huge at festivals. Mm -hmm. Like, people loved it at festivals. She didn't write the screenplay, but she wrote the story, essentially. She got, like, someone... She knew, I think, from college to write the screenplay, but she based the story on the fact that her mom ran a halfway house called New Directions, but it was for drug and alcohol problems. She is a gay woman herself, so she wanted to co- combine the two mm. the two things there, because she knew so much about both, if that makes sense. She and her girlfriend at the time came up with the idea of a feature film about a cheerleader who attends gay conversion camp, and they were like off to the races. And she really wanted the film to represent the lesbian experience from the femme perspective, because at the time, these are her words, she saw films being represented from the quote unquote butch perspective, and that maybe in mainstream, this wasn't always the case, the idea. And I think things have changed today, to be fair. Mm. But according to her, at the time in 1999, when most people said lesbian, they thought something that... Is not all encompassing as it is today. And honestly, one of the better parts of the film, in my mind, is how many different kinds of people, if you will, like types of people, personality wise, are in this gay conversion.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I think that like femme representation in the community has become more prevalent and more positive. And that's something that I loved that the film. Yeah, like you said, like it had a spectrum of representation and it wasn't, oh, like, let's just, you know, have like a bunch of like, butch, I'm Rosie O'Donnell, (laughs) like whatever shitty fucking republicans love to be like lesbians have mustaches and eat babies for breakfast you know (laughs) like there is that there is like a spectrum of like you have your goth lesbian Clea Duvall who's like butch androgyny perfection love I want to talk about like more of the characters specifically but it's like it's interesting that you have the uh, spoiler alert early on one of the characters is straight but you know has like a shaved mohawk and dresses in baggy clothes and then you have Megan who's like very femme and they don't shame her into feminine it's not like when she like realizes she's gay she's suddenly, like, chops her hair off and is like, well, I'm wearing Tom's sandals or, like, Birkenstock. <laughs> and again, you know, obviously, if there are any lesbians out there that love your, like, Teva, Birkenstock's, like, you do you. I just hate that there is like, especially in 99 and like before 99, that it's so limited to be like how you can be gay.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, we'll get into the cast a little bit more in the characters. But just to touch on your point, one of my favorite moments is when Megan, like when she realizes, yes, she is gay. But she says, like, I love being a cheerleader. Like she she didn't be a cheerleader. She wasn't a cheerleader just to like, hide things from people like she actually does enjoy that and you know like i said we'll get into it more but for me it's a perfect title but i'm a cheerleader and that doesn't change from beginning to end the fact that she's a cheerleader doesn't change and i love that so quickly on production um jamie babbitt said that her influences for the film were john waters of course i mean I mm. think anyone who's a fan of john waters can see yep. the influence all over this <laughs> david la chapelle uh, are you familiar oh yeah with
0: yeah um he does these like really cool colorful sort of surreal editorial photography like yeah his work is really cool like again i don't know necessarily if he's like Problematic or not, because there are so many uh, photographers that sometimes like, cross that line when they make these like colorful, bold, sexual art pieces. And you're like, oh no, <laughs> why are you terrible? <laughs> and it's like you just have to like find the ones that aren't terrible but yeah his work is is great. I think
1: you can be influenced by something without endorsing it. Yeah. Certainly the next thing I'm gonna say at least in the last couple months has been labeled a little bit problematic another influence of Jamie Babbitt's was Edward Scissorhands in terms of the look and feel. Mm. I can see that here too if that makes sense.
0: Yeah no I can definitely see that as well with like one of the things that I loved like I'm gonna try not to talk too much about like color but i fucking love the use of color in this movie like it's oh, so yeah. brilliant just way that like all of the the street people <laughs> It's, like, so many uses of brown. I know a while back in the before times, there were people being like, there needs to be a straight pride parade. It's like, yeah, what, with your cockies? Like, you're just gonna, like, leave a flag of cockies and go to Old Navy. And, like, that was that that aesthetic. And I... Lived for the accuracy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and the other influence, uh, you know, as you mentioned, that was Barbie and just like the whole packaging mm-hmm. of like a Barbie doll, and you could definitely see all of that. And to be clear, this film, while touching on some very real and serious subjects, is very clearly yeah, satire. Yes, but also the dial is turned up to eleven in terms of there's like no reds, there's like bright pinks, you know, yep, <laughs> and blues and At the camp, all the girls have to wear this pink and all the guys have to wear this blue color. And it also exists like outside the camp. This is not, you know, a hyper realistic film. This is a very, very stylized movie. And once you get that, you know, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. We'll get into like the criticism of this film a little bit later, but I think today. Through a different lens, it's probably going to get a better reputation. But, you know, that was certainly something people said at the time. I don't know if everyone was a fan of the stylized nature of this film. So right. mm. let's talk about cast. We already mentioned Natasha Leone. You know, sh- she's arguably more popular now than she was at the time um, with mm. Russian Doll, you know, and, and the, the stuff she's doing. I loved her in this role. I know she's with Fred Armisen, so I don't know what yeah. her... I I mean,
0: honestly, I'm just going to go on the record saying this. There is a part of me that refuses to believe that there are not any querios in her cheerios like i am <laughs> so sorry but no <laughs> i don't want to live in a world where natasha is just like on the straight side of the spectrum i'm like no 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 i don't accept it but i also on lighter note have always been a fan of hers she's always had amazing hair like her, oh, hair, her hair is, is just amazing. like amazing chef's kiss it's beautiful <laughs> I know that it was, like, straight and out in this, but, like, oh my god, it was, like, so, like, thick, lustrous, and it, it is kind of like Barbie doll hair, where you're like, what? And, like, she has these, like, beautiful curls in real life, and I'm like, what? Oh <laughs> man. And her voice, that's the other thing, too. I feel like, again, very Ursula, like, hmm, <laughs> you know? But um, <laughs> I love her voice. I oh, could listen to her just... Say words. I don't care what, just say words. And I would be like, yeah, she could read me like the terms of an agreement for an online thing that I scroll through. And I would just be like riveted so she's definitely like there were some people who also had some cool voices in this but yeah she's definitely like one of my voice queens where i'm like yeah speak to me i promise i'm not gonna steal her voice and keep it in a locket though so if she's (laughs) listening (laughs) she probably is thinking about how i'm a creep maybe i don't know it could be projecting (laughs) could not be who knows
1: (laughs) And she's someone like I said. I, I've always really enjoyed. In 1999, I wasn't watching this film. I was watching American Pie, and I think I was a weirdo to everyone. Again, having her be my favorite character in that film in '99, if you recall, or you know, from '99 to 2003 or four or maybe five websites for films are really important like the mm. film was coming out like they had to have a great website with like a lot of flash when i say flash i literally <laughs> mean that program flash oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> and I, american pie had one and they showed all this before i even watched the film they showed all the actors and you know the characters i guess they showed and i just remember like who is this jessica character this person is amazing mm. there's something about her that's you know from orange is the new black to everything she's yeah. done she's had a really cool career i guess that's a good way to put it i I don't think she's been like a-lister in a sense she's like leading transformers movies or something right
0: i mean i would watch transformers if she were in it and instead of like shia labeouf it's her (laughs) and megan fox and they have a relationship and are just like (laughs) gay fighting robots I think is i am I'm I'm like, that's better. <laughs> like fixed it. Natasha get on this, you know. <laughs> Call up Megan Fox. Call up Clea Duvall.
1: It's, speaking of Clea Duvall, she's you know, she plays Graham in this film. She's awesome.
0: I love her she, so she much. Was, she,
1: she was in uh, Jamie Babbitt's short film before this, and she mm. really wanted her to be in this. She's so great. She has also had a really cool career too.
0: Oh yeah. I think the first one I saw her was like Girl Interrupted, or maybe Girl No, Interrupted. I think it might have been Yeah. Yeah, because they, they. I saw a girl interrupted before I saw those. Yeah, that was like, oh shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's in a lot, a lot of cool stuff, and she actually did this film which I didn't see called "The Intervention" in 2016. Mm. Like, so she was the director. And she was in the film, but two of her co-stars from But I'm a Cheerleader are also in this film, including Natasha Leone.
0: Yes. Ugh, I need to see that. I haven't.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to see <laughs> it because it has like a cast that I really enjoy. She's great. She just is great.
0: Yeah, she also has another voice that I'm like, her voice is really cool. It's got that, like, little gravel. She's kind of, like to me, like, the proto Kristen Stewart. Like, Kristen Stewart before she was Kristen Stewart. And, like, Kristen Stewart now, not, like, poor, trapped in heterosexuality Kristen Stewart of Twilight. Because, like, that (laughs) Kristen Stewart I do feel for. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) Hey, Twilight is very popular on this
0: podcast. Yeah, it is.
1: (laughs) It's very popular to talk about, at least. (laughs) Hell yeah. The next person uh, who I want to bring up is Melanie Linsky. She plays uh, Hillary in this film. So originally, Jamie Babbitt wanted her to be the lead. But I kind of like her in the role she has. She's like a really goody-goody girl. And Mm. she's someone who... I think if you're, like, an ignorant person and you don't know what a lesbian is, you would not think that she was one. Does that make sense? Yeah, that
0: does. It's not like, fair, that's...
1: but, you know, I think that's what her character kind of was supposed to be, especially in 1999.
0: Yeah, that's how I read it, too. That it was, like, they were having her as the kind of stand-in for, like, the the stealth queer. Like, the, the person who, yeah, they're a lesbian, but, like, again, just poking holes in that whole like but you don't look like a lesbian it's (laughs) like well what's a lesbian supposed to look like are you supposed to unfurl a rainbow flag like every time someone questions your sexuality to be like haha (laughs) or like sprinkle um like glitter (laughs) in the air and just be like i'm gay (laughs) glitter. (laughs) in in
1: a world that i hope we have one day where conservative and liberal we'll we'll say left and right Mm. is not something that's social like it's not like racist or like you know anti-gay or whatever i picture that she would be conservative if that makes sense you know yeah yeah Like maybe she wouldn't be because they would take her rights away but theoretically if in all things considered i could see her on that side of the political spectrum
0: Right, and it's like she seems like, because there are, you know, like, um, paradoxically, like, members of the LGBTQ community who are very conservative and about respectability politics and being like, oh, no, 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 you can't be too flamboyant, we can't, you know, like, play into stereotypes, we need to, like, you know, all be, like, monogamous and, like, have sex in missionary position and live in a house with a white picket fence, like, that kind of mentality, which is, like infuriating but it's also accurate that there are people like that within that community and I think it is very disingenuous to pretend that that's not an issue that exists within the queer community and like not saying that like those members should have dominant control over the queer narrative but it's like you can't pretend that problem that doesn't exist
1: exactly there are not just lgbt but there's every type of person on both sides of the political spectrum and it's silly to ignore that that's not the case and uh, that's what this movie does beautifully it shows that just not A certain type of person is a quote unquote lesbian, you know?
0: Right. Like it's, <laughs> it's very nuanced, you know? Like I love that you find out that like Graham is a trust fund kid because like she doesn't oh, seem like that. it. I and you're like, that. oh shit, okay. And that they do like address like pulling or, or they address like, you know, like being gay is not limited to like one economic status or like one, you know, type of representation or like, you know, they did, I think they did a pretty good job considering the time period of like making sure that there was like racial representation and like you know like diversity with like body types too because it's a the gay men weren't all just like thin twinks or like you know really like buff <laughs> <laughs> like they were they were varied and i'm like nice i'm like i appreciate that yeah
1: i mean everyone I think it was did a so great varied
0: job. and felt very like real i mean i kind of hate the whole you know like real implying that someone's not attractive or like isn't beautiful no, i'm no, not no, saying yeah. that but i mean they felt like they were real people and you're like oh yeah like i could go to a gay bar and like i could see you know someone who looks like snade be like wow there you are like Dolph, and be like oh yeah i i'm sure like i'd seen you at like pride or something or like andre sweet baby angel (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) like uh, for for
1: 1999 i think it does an amazing job at that yeah just in terms of like you said body types people of color like again for 1999 really exceeds the very low bar yeah
0: yeah i mean that's that's the thing too to remember that i think it's definitely a good step for queer representation because like i like that it's centered on queer femme perspective i think that's very important but i'm also not saying like we did it kids (laughs) we solved homophobia it's like no 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 we still need more stories that are centered in like fem perspectives but also maybe like you know center it on the perspective of like a woman of color or like a fat woman just any like more representation.
1: Yeah but again I think this is a great step. One note on that Rosario Dawson was in the I believe in line to be Megan oh, but <laughs> they actually thought that might be too colorful <laughs> mm. And I, I feel like I could say this as a Latin person. Mm-hmm. I know what they were saying, and I know it wasn't intended to be racist because I feel like the lead of this film, but I'm a cheerleader, kind of needs to be like an all-American white girl. And when I say right. all-American, I'm using yeah. air quotes because I don't believe that that's what all-American is.
0: Right. Know?
1: I was just gonna say when you're doing a satire and you're trying to make something kind of make a statement, I get their thinking here if that makes any sense you know yeah i'm not saying discriminate maybe they should have cast her in another role because i think in any other role that's okay but i get why the lead has to almost be like a blonde white cheerleader if that makes sense, right
0: no i think it makes a lot of sense you know and it's like would i love to see rosario dawson in a gay role yes (laughs) yes i would (laughs) but like also just thinking about it i really don't know if like i could picture anyone else but natasha in that role like i feel like she just she claimed that and like it's not even like she fell into some sort of like acting trap of being like I gotta be you know like caricature it's like she felt very grounded like I was like wow she is someone who really understands like comedic tone and pathos and like you know she didn't overplay it she wasn't like hamming it up I'm trying to think of who like I couldn't picture I guess I'm trying not to be like too shady about it like Tara Reid I think does like bubbly really well. Like I couldn't picture her like <laughs> no. Tara Reed in that. I'm like, oh god, no, there will be no substance, sweetie, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> all tea, all shade, but facts are facts <laughs> sometimes. So you know, so yeah, I think that they made like really good casting decision. The cast is just yeah, So perfect.
1: And I can't believe we haven't talked about this person yet. And that's RuPaul <laughs> as Mike.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I did not even
1: remember RuPaul was in this film. I mean, it's not a drag RuPaul yeah. performance. Well, but it's still okay. awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's something. I wrote this down in, like, my notes uh, somewhere. I mean, RuPaul really sold that role. Like, he really, like, I was kind of surprised. Because, like, I don't know. I just don't. I haven't seen that energy from him in a while I'm on Drag Race. Like I watched. Oh, you're
1: being she- you're being like a you're being like the RuPaul <laughs> to RuPaul right now. So.
0: Right, I know. Well, I mean, RuPaul has lots of things he needs to fix about himself. Like I appreciate the legacy, but at the same time, I'm not gonna pretend that like there aren't problematic current things that are going on with him right now. But it's like i tried to watch AJ and the Queen, and I just gave the fuck up. I'm someone who watched Tammy and the T-Rex all the way through. (laughs) So, multiple times. That's the thing. It's like, I've watched that movie multiple times. I have sat through my share of just, like, really terrible media. AJ and the Queen, two seasons. Or not two seasons. Two episodes. Two episodes, and I was like, Well, I'm out. Bye. Like, did he forget how to act? I just want to know. <laughs> you want to know
1: my theory? My theory is that at this point, yes, RuPaul is like big in certain communities. Mm. Yes, RuPaul is a name again in among certain people, but RuPaul is not where RuPaul is today in terms of like just. Couches made of money, essentially, just sitting on top of money. Right,
0: because he's sitting on a fracking empire. Because he's a fracking queen. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like
1: you know, at the time, RuPaul's still hustling. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, and you know, we can even talk about Drag Race quickly, right? Like, right. No pun intended. When Drag Race came out, it was big deal in again certain communities, but it wasn't the hit it became many years later. You know, it oh, was yeah. on kind of its its last legs and then boom, suddenly the culture kinda of changes and it's this huge crossover hit, not mm-hmm. just in the LGBT community, but in, you know, the Midwest and such.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's important to remember that like this RuPaul again is a RuPaul who's still having to work it again no pun intended but you know <laughs> having to really work it and like oh my god i got cast in this movie i gotta like study this role and be the part i think rupaul today on i forgot what that show is called but you mentioned it it's kind of like oh i know i have my audience already i could do whatever the fuck I. oh like.
0: yeah yeah i mean i wish that like he would re-watch this movie and like absorb the message and like really like think about how brilliantly this movie addresses gender binaries allow trans queens and women to compete on drag race like i know that nothing i say matters unless the camera's rolling through but i don't care <laughs> like just <laughs> let them fucking compete that that's like boggling to me that i'm like someone who is so groundbreaking and like my guy what
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah certainly like you know diversifying drag race great topic but certainly another topic for another oh day, yeah yeah because we definitely. probably spend two hours just on that so. yeah i could give a
0: whole ted talk about my boo judith butler and drag race and gender as performance like oh man but not today i mean i am still gonna drop references to judith you know that,
1: that's totally okay. <laughs> heads up y'all <laughs> <laughs> and you know we have a awesome I, we can't go through everyone but we have an awesome ensemble cast here i think everyone does well i just wanted to mention like did you see like michelle williams as her friend
0: oh yeah yeah I like, what <laughs> i didn't
1: remember that early in the film
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just was like oh michelle williams heart <laughs> She's great. I love her. <laughs> uh,
1: see, it, it's funny cuz this movie pulls at a lot of like teenage heartstrings for me or even preteen heartstrings. Like I wasn't a big Dawson's Creek fan. I didn't <clears throat> really watch those shows, but my favorite character by far was Michelle Williams on that show. Like oh, yeah. if I would watch it, I would watch it for her. And
0: same. <laughs>
1: you feel so validated when someone you kind of like, a, I don't want to say a background player, but not Dawson, you know? <laughs> like you watch something and you're like, oh, I really like this person. And then they end up being this tremendous actor with so much acclaim, like 20, 30 years later, <laughs> you know? So yeah. <laughs> happy to see her in a, a small role like this. I wish she was in it more, but we it's fine. It's fine. It's
0: fine. <laughs> I think she, she like does a good job with the role that she has. Like it's like the perfect amount because like you know something that i love and i like maybe touched on a little bit but i love how heterophobic this movie is it's so great <laughs> like it's very like reminiscent of the way that like john waters just despises mainstream normalized heteroculture. And I live for it, where it's not, you know, like, it's not, like, divine, like, robbing people, but (laughs) it's, like, very much, you're, like, you get it right away. You're, like, oh, the, like, mayo, you know, white bread, just for all basic (laughs) friend, where you're, like, (laughs) yes, okay, we get this. And, like, her boyfriend is just, like, Megan's boyfriend is so, like perfectly like white bread, mayo, Ken doll. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I thought that was just uh, chef's kiss again. Chef's kisses <laughs> for everything of this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Jamie Babbitt really wanted to make sure that she made fun of everyone in this film, not just straight culture The Christian right as well, of course. But also she wanted to poke fun at gay culture at the time. Mm. So I I think overall, no one leaves this film 100% like, oh, this person's on my side. (laughs) Obviously, this is more of a pro-LGBT agenda film than anything. I'm not going to pretend it cuts things completely down the line. Right. Whatever. But it certainly, I do think it does take shots at what mainstream LGBT culture was.
0: Yeah, I think it it does a good job of like, it doesn't punch down with making fun of the, like, queer community or, like, just things about queer culture. So I like that. And I do like that it punches up. So I'm like, cool. You know, that's something I really appreciate. Because it's not the whole, like, saying, there are good people on both sides, where it's like, you know, in reality, every queer person knows that, like, there are people who are, you know, extremely bigoted and conservative and religious and they weaponize their religion to dehumanize queer people so like that's not indicative of like being a good person like if anything that just speaks so loud <laughs> that, like they're not so i appreciate that it's not doing that like, weird um 12 years a slave brad pitt jesus cameo being like not all white people are bad
1: <laughs> i think it's so much more appreciated when it shows that everyone has a bad side rather than everyone can be good you know
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all
1: right so let's get into some of you know some moments we enjoyed about this film this film opens up with megan living her life normally she doesn't think anything of you know she knows she doesn't like making out with her boyfriend (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that
0: scene is so
1: hilarious
0: (laughs) like she acts the fuck out of it
1: (laughs) yeah she's great and and the camera will point out like really point of view like her staring at like the fellow cheerleaders breasts or up their skirts and things like that but it's nothing that's like crazy
0: right
1: you know I love this opening same again she's still questioning herself it's not like she's trying to hide anything so when they have this big intervention at her home like everyone when she knows us there and, and it's like, hey, we think you might be a lesbian. You need to go to this camp. You didn't even enjoy making out with your hot boyfriend. Right. So it doesn't make sense. Megan, we love you. We all love you. And lately we've become concerned about certain behaviors. We're afraid you're being influenced by a way of thinking uh, and Do you remember the woman on TV? Honey, we think you're a lesbian. (laughs) I myself was once a gay. Now I'm an ex-gay, Megan. I I work for a place called True Directions who help people like yourself learn to understand the reasons behind homosexual tendencies and, and how to heal them. What tendencies? Why would you think I'm a... You've been trying to make us eat this tofu. In diet, watch for a switch to vegetarianism.
0: You don't have any pictures of guys in your locker? Just these.
1: Mm-hmm. These. Sexual.
0: Even vaginal
1: motifs in artwork and decorating. Gay iconography. you don't even like to kiss
0: me it's It's true true. i can't believe this denial is a normal part of the healing process that we'll explore
1: at true directions healing like rehab honey uh homosexuals anonymous
0: poodle it's only for a few months there is no way. I- yeah, and like the, the Tofu Melissa Etheridge ladies oh, in lager yeah. photo. I, the ladies in lager photo, that one definitely got me where I'm like, oof, I've been read. I have been <laughs> read to <laughs> fill. <laughs> I mean, I also love the opening credits, too, because it's very, like, indicative of this quote there are two wolves inside you one that hates the over sexualization of women in the media the other loves hot girls and titties you are gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah like what you're saying it's like that sort of like questioning and back and forth and it's not showing what that weird dilemma is like that's very specific to being a queer woman where you're like i'm noticing that i'm looking at women the way that men are typically like looking at women and like you know being like wait is that normal is this like you know me just wanting to like look like this person or do I want to actually like do things with this person and it's like that question is so accurately represented with those visuals so I'm for that like the opening credits and the orange love
1: yeah I love the orange for school and I just love Again, she takes this cheerleading thing seriously. Like yeah. that's not what she's confused about. But again, you you touched on it. Just like her room, the Melissa Etheridge poster. This is what people, especially in 1999, theoretically thought a lesbian would do. You know, right. or, or have. <laughs> so when she's outed by that, she's shocked because she's like, I yeah. never saw it that way. You know, right? She well, that's just the thing. Living it's living her life and doing her thing.
0: Yeah, it's not something like I. I remember in middle school, I had this photo that i took out of like this model josie Marin. she was in like a cover girl ad and i just thought she was so beautiful i didn't think anything of it like people had photos of orlando bloom from lord of the rings and i had like this like model just on my locker (laughs) like yeah the querios my cheerios were like yeah i would totally make out with her (laughs) like i didn't think anything of it i didn't think it was abnormal i wasn't gay right now i'm just like She's really pretty, and I like looking at her face, you know, (laughs) and was like, oh, wait, this isn't normal. I should look at Orlando Bloom, I guess.
1: (laughs) To be fair, I don't know if Orlando Bloom is also the best representation of the 19, well, not 1999, I guess. Yeah, that was... what that was, like, when
0: game? Lord of the Rings came out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, 2000s. early 2000s, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was also the most masculine. No. You know? like, I'm, I'm trying no, to, like, this... be nice about this. I'm, I'm not a, I, 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 I like Orlando Bloom, seems like a great guy, but I, I look back and I'm like, wow, the, like, the high school girls when I was growing up really liked him, but he's very, like, Legolas is... To use a word or that we've already said, to me, Legolas is very femme, If that yeah. makes sense. Oh, so it all totally DLs. does.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're very like he's got like a very like femme, non threatening kind of like sexual thing that is like great for like we're. Queer... I went to a Catholic school, so like you can also blame. <laughs> Being like, now I am a gay deviant. Ha ha. Socialism. Thanks, Catholic school. (laughs) Like, but yeah, like, perfect, perfect crush for like a bunch of, you know, homophobic little shits that were in a Catholic school. I'm like, great. (laughs) I'm
1: wondering, like, why didn't. Girls have pictures of Gimli in their locker. You know. Yeah,
0: I don't. I think it's. I'm so curious about. Could like, you imagine? Oh my god! Yeah, I I want to meet the person who had <laughs> Gimli in their lock. If anyone on this podcast listening who's like ideally a girl, but no, like well, whatever. You Did god anyone? Do, whatever. Have anyone? If Gimli anyone in their
1: locker. In an erotic way, please let us know. (laughs) I
0: want to know if you had like erotic (laughs) Gimli dreams. Hit up this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the the intervention scene was great because again, like this weird, colorful, kind of surreal aesthetic, and like the music is perfect for this. Like the whole the whole soundtrack slaps. So if y'all need a good soundtrack soundtrack. to listen to, I
1: mean, really fits the movie. Really fits the time you know and once we move into the um, new what is it called new beginnings or something yeah like or true new direction. direction
0: true direction true direction but <laughs> they're like straight as great shirt that's so pathetic <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i love it and when she arrived she seems to be a little bit later than the rest of the characters they've already found uh, okay so this is like a five step program mm. and in the five steps i wrote them down are step 1 admitting your homosexual which is also called what Finding your something?
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't write down the categories because I love the steps. Just, like, the cue cards. I thought that was, like, a brilliant way to structure the whole story. But also just, like, really cute. Like, I was just like, this is cute. This is visual. And I think sometimes people make the... The mistake of, like, forgetting that film is a visual medium where I'm like, yes, use visuals. It was great. Um,
1: And and when you admit you're homosexual here, like, the next, the kind of, like, in-between step is discovering that moment that turned you, according to them, into a homosexual. And I love, again, I forgot the term they use, but I love... Like what they say, and Mm. one thing that we haven't talked about yet in this film of how it just attacks gender roles, right? Yes, Uh, specifically um, Natasha Leone's character uh, Megan. Specifically, Megan's like answer is that like her dad lost her job briefly. And, and her mom had to, like, pay the bills or whatever, and that suddenly made her gay because she saw, like, the roles reversed at home. It's like,
0: <laughs> Oh, my God, yeah. But it's yeah. not
1: far-fetched for what certain people thought. Maybe not at the time, but, like, you know, at, at right. certain times. I forgot other people's reasonings, but it was all, each one of them is so great.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, agreed. And I mean, like, full disclosure, I'm going to shit on Mike Pence. A lot but like I'm pretty sure That like that thinking is Like exactly in line With like what Mike (laughs) Pence Thinks you know so it's Like I thought that was very Accurate and telling and Like I love like tiny moment But like I love Mary's son Rock And like he has the sippy straw And she's just like no more (laughs) sippy straws Chug it like a man and I'm like Wow that's (laughs) like The fact that just like, I mean, I think like maybe like toxic heterosexuality should be a term because like that is kind of what it's like, along with toxic masculinity. But it's like the fact that they're so scared of being like, you know, straws look like dicks. I'm like, <laughs> I I don't think that's exactly accurate. Like, I'd be very like, concerned. Yeah, the straw he was drinking from. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it's a good time to mention that uh, Jamie Babbitt, The original cut of this film was rated NC-17. It is an R film. And she had to cut out so much stuff. Mm. And she has said in later years that the stuff wasn't, you know, that bad. At the time, she felt like a lot of it was a little bit homophobic in terms of the rating system and like why they were cutting certain things, because there were similar things in R rated quote unquote straight movies that they would right. keep in, but because the subject matter was gay, they had her cut it out. And I just feel like that character definitely there was more to it.
0: Um, oh yeah. Because
1: it was teased <laughs> a lot and we really don't get a payoff. And I yeah. feel like maybe the payoff was in the NC 17 version. I
0: feel like definitely. Cause the, the MPAA is just fucked. Like, hate it (laughs) so much and like clearly yeah it makes sense that like when i saw it was rated r i was like wait really like what it doesn't it feels very like pg-13 i don't know i mean again maybe this is like you know i'm not a good gauge (laughs) because like i'd be like oh yeah totally like you know just watch female (laughs) trouble who gives a shit (laughs) like um (laughs) It's disappointing that that film ended up getting an R rating because I think that it would have been really helpful to have it be more accessible and be like PG-13, but I guess like, you know, Mike Pence and other homophobes are like, but the movies make the children gay. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I really want to see the NC seventeen. Oh guy, yeah, I don't like,
1: think it's out there. But if it was, if it is, if I it was, if
0: it is, like release it. Amazing.
1: <laughs> so here are the steps that you need to accomplish to get the gay out of you. Apparently, mm. for this. <laughs> <laughs> One, admitting you're a homosexual. Two, rediscovering your gender identity through gender stereotype tasks. And I love it. Like, the, the guys are, like, chopping down wood and stuff. Yes. And the women are, like, cleaning and vacuuming. And, like, there's a, there's right? a beautiful image. Like, I'll, I'll just say, there's a beautiful image of, like, Natasha Leone in a wedding dress. And everyone almost everyone's, like, bustling the dress. And it's like, this is what you have to do, you know? <laughs>
0: right? Oh, my God. One of my favorites, though, is, like, with the... the the guys like fixing a car. And the wrenches in the back (laughs) look like dicks. And it's great because it's like when you think about it, like step two just has so much Judith Butler tea, like (laughs) so much. I get that like gender trouble is a really dense academic like work of art. But like if you wanted to just watch this, this section, just this section, you can understand, oh, gender is performative (laughs) and like the way that they lean into masculinity masculinity just goes right into like gay like it just does i'm just like oh my god it's hilarious
1: (laughs) (laughs) they just put community on netflix and i know that show had so much issues towards the end but one of my favorite lines in community is from pierce played by chevy chase and i forgot Mm -hmm. what episode it is but there's a gay character and he's like how can he be gay he has a mustache (laughs) (laughs) yes and uh, like as silly as it sounds today there was perception, maybe not in 1999, but at least in the 60s and 70s, like, oh, that person can't be gay. He's got a beard or that person can't be gay. He's a mechanic. You right. know, He's not a hairdresser.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I mean, well, yeah, because something I, I still maintain, like, just like football is such a gay sport. I'm sorry. Y'all are just, like, tackling a bunch of, like, big dudes throwing and chasing balls. I'm like, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it it starts with your
1: hand, essentially, up the center's butt to get the ball. Yeah. I'm just
0: like, hmm, sounds pretty gay to me.
1: (laughs) And especially does, like, when they're playing football. It is, like, again... And I'm using air quotes, so don't hate me, but the gayest, like, f- looking thing ever when they're playing, like, in, in the Oh, lids. yeah.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and the jerseys,
1: the way they're cut, like, it's like, oh, God. I,
0: and plus, like, just the, the added perfection of, you know, I know I just, like, shit on RuPaul earlier, but it is perfect that they're learning masculinity from a drag queen. And it's like having that added layer, you know, really just enforces how gender is like learned behavior and that it doesn't actually have a natural origin. We just like spend a very long time, you know, like drilling in like women sit with their legs crossed, guys spread out, you know, and like, that's how we do gender. Don't you dare deviate from this role. It's like, it's not natural that whole whole section. I mean, I also just like on a a frivolous note, I love the house. Like, the house that they have, oh my god. If it wasn't filled, like, in that world with, like, terrible straight people, I would want to live there. Like, the all-colored rooms, like, they have that, you know, beautiful, like, purple bathroom and then, like, a daisy bathroom and then, but like, the think... green room and the blue room and the pink room. I'm like, oh my god. Get in me, house.
1: <laughs> but I think, ironically, and I, I know they're doing it on purpose, but the house that is supposed to be like this bastion of straightness to teach you everything, might be the gayest place on Earth.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it it (laughs) absolutely is. It's like, you know, like the Barbie dream house, but way gayer. And I love it. I love it so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, And just to touch on what you said with, like, RuPaul, I think it's so perfect, like, just a little background on his character, that he is a graduate of the program. He used mm-hmm. to be, in his words, a gay, but he is reformed. <laughs> and, but it, you're right, it's perfect. So the girls are taught by, like, the headmaster, and the guys are taught by him. And it's just so... It just goes back to what you're saying about the house. Not just the way it looks, but it ends up being, like, a bastion for meeting people, right? Like, it, Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's the whole... I don't know, the the idea of conversion therapy, it's like this weird, like it's horrifying. It's like and sadly
1: still exists.
0: It's today. yeah. So it's like it's like this horrifying process that like I'm very happy I've never experienced myself. <laughs> It's also, like, twisted and, like, kind of goes into, like, this sick place, but, like, kind of funny, too, like, not to diminish again, because, like, it's incredibly psychologically damaging to have people tell you that, like, your sexuality is not valid and that you are, you know, a disgusting abomination that will, will never be loved if you keep, you know, acting as yourself, you know, like, that's horrifying but like at the same time it's like y'all are showing queer people a ton of porn and being like "Mm, what do you think of this is this making you gay or do you have gay thoughts about this it's like yeah you're showing a bunch of titties you're putting me in a house like (laughs) with a bunch of queer people like what (laughs) you like actually make friends with queer people there so it's like it's like a weird oh my god like what who came up with this (laughs) idea (laughs) because it doesn't work is the the other thing it's like it's never going to work. At best, you have cases like in this movie where it's like you find unity with other queer people and realize, no, 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 the straights are wrong. Or at worst, you know, which thankfully I'm so happy they didn't go into is like, you know, you have people who like commit suicide. Yeah, I'm this movie so didn't happy need that, that you know, they... It does exist, yeah. but
1: this movie not supposed to be a realistic piece about yeah, like I, conversion therapy. You know, right. it's just, it's, this is supposed to be a fun movie largely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I really appreciate. Most people who are part of the the queer community, it's like they know that conversion therapy exists and they know that it's terrible. And like the people who survived it, I really commend them. My heart goes out to them just so much. So it's like, I don't really think that showing like a gritty, you know, like this is conversion therapy movie any good.
1: Maybe another time for another day, but yeah. that's not what I wanted here with these bright colors and
0: <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, like maybe yeah, that's true. Like maybe if it was like a different film and different filmmaker and different time and like being like, okay, but like and ninety nine and like this film, it's like I don't I don't want that. Cause like also, you know, sad of truth of like queer cinema, it's like so many movies end where it's like the characters got AIDS and they die. <laughs> and it's so sad. Like you can count like on on a single hand just being like, "Oh, you know, movies before um let's just say like before 2016 <laughs> that are specifically about queer people, like you can count on your hand how many of them have a happy ending. <laughs> you know, where like nobody dies. Nobody has AIDS. It's it's a really low bar. <laughs> like romantic films about straight people that, like, you know, they get that range covered. But, like, queer films specifically, a lot of it's digging through crumbs. And, like, just being, like, where's my happy ending? Like, where's my happy ending? I want my happy ending. And it's like this, imagine me and you. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and eventually, you know, we'll get more of that. But it's certainly, like, even today, it's kind of sequestered into a separate side of, of filmmaking. But here, again, this movie, it's just, there's so much I enjoyed on this watch. Now, there are a couple budding romances that are happening all around this house, but we'll definitely focus on the one between Graham and Megan, which at one point they're asked to like buddy up and they buddy up. And there's definitely tension in the beginning, but Mm. I don't know, almost from like moment one, you could be like, I want these two to get together.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought, um, like, one thing that I made a note of was, like, I think that they really captured just a very specific and very simple thing of queer experience. It's about, like, hand Because, like, with the football game, they had this, like, beautiful shot. Where, like, um, I want to say it was, like, Dolph and, oh, who's the other guy? (laughs) Like, they, like, held hands and it was, like, you could see their hands through, like, a window and you're, like, oh, (laughs) this is cute. I like this. And then you have, like, the moment later where, like, you've felt the tension building between Graham and Megan and, like, they're watching a movie and, like, Graham just, like, very, like, gently is, like, touching her arm. You know, and it's like, that's so specific because for me personally, I've definitely felt that way before where it's like straight people generally, you know, like, I I mean, I don't really like making giant blanket statements, but it's like, it's much easier to be straight because it's the default. So like, because it's assumed you're like, oh, if I'm a boy and they're a girl, like straight, yay. But like, as a queer person, it's a lot harder to flirt because you don't know. Because it's not the default. It's a lot harder to um, make a move because of that culture of shame, in the way that, like, if, for example, I don't know, like, are a queer person. And have a crush on someone, and you like touch their hand or be like, Oh, you're really pretty. And it's like, I want to be gay with you, and they reject it. It's crushing. (laughs) And it's also dangerous because, like, you know, I mean, granted, they're already at a conversion therapy (laughs) place, but like, there are consequences to being outed as gay. Like, you can be kicked out of your home, which they really addressed and like hammered in in this movie. Like, you get. You could get made fun of or bullied or like, you know, just tons of horrible things. So I think one of my favorite things is like the way that they capture the stakes of queerness and queer flirting. There's always a stake. There's always something to lose. And that by like reaching out and making moves, you're actually being very brave as a queer person. So that's my little little speech about that.
1: I think this film does a really good job. I'm very curious how this film plays as someone who maybe is not exposed to all these, all the cultural nuances that the film kind of shows, whether it's on the forefront or in the background. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. why the rating wasn't so good. But I I think today we're kind of exposed a lot more. Yeah. When I say we, I don't mean me and you. I mean the entire country is exposed to a lot more uh, differing opinions, we'll say. So I hope that people watching today have a, a positive opinion on the stuff you're talking about, you know, um, how it's not the easiest and uh, the romance in this film. I love it. Like it's one of my yeah, favorite, same. almost love stories in all of high school films. And I generally shy away from them because I, I'm kind of under the belief that like, Hey, most of the time, no, look, I know they're success stories, but most of the time the person you meet in high school is probably not the person you're going to end up with forever and ever and ever. Uh, Yeah, but so many of these films end in romance and I get it. I get it. And, you know, I love, love Graham and Megan. I just Mm. love them together. Like they seem like they complement each other so much. And and just want to mention the other steps. Oh yeah, so, yeah.
0: We keep getting derailed. <laughs> One of the many reasons I would fail this program. No,
1: you pass. You pass in my book. But uh. so step three is that's what it is: finding your homosexual root through family therapy. It's called the root. We mentioned it earlier, but that's the thing we're finding: like, where did it happen? Where did you turn into a gay? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we kind of covered that. <laughs> step four is demystifying the opposite sex, and step five is. A simulated sexual lifestyle, and again, step five is pretty weird because they're writing these like Adam and Eve like spandex yeah. things, and they're like simulating what sex should be like, which odd step, but it definitely um
0: right. I mean, I is pretty cool visually. It's definitely like Mike Pence's sexual fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yep this this is what Mike Pence thinks sex is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Touching on some of the things that happened that I really enjoyed. Uh, people keep dropping out left and right. Um, you mentioned the one character, and I'm forgetting her name. Jan,
0: but... I think. Is it? Yeah, it's Jan. Sweet baby. <laughs> like, love that she deviates from the butch stereotype of like. Because, yeah, I think that's right. I hope that's right.
1: That's the one who's like, "I'm not gay." Is it? That...
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Because there's also. Um, So problematic, like Jesus titty fucking Christ, is it problematic that people are like, if someone gets molested and happens to be gay, that they're like, oh, it was because of this thing that happened.
1: they do mention that. And it's brief, but it's enough where you're like, oh my God. Yeah. It brings it up, which I thought was awesome. Awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not awesome that something like that would happen. Right, right. But it is something that people have said for years
0: yeah it needs to be called out because it's so yeah just fucked up and i really appreciate that it's like the character that's visually painted as the most butch and like you know also just like that whole shitty you know like mary being like oh you'd be so pretty if and like you know waxing her body hair or like you know doing all these like the ways that she doesn't conform to like traditional wearing makeup femininity you know makes her like gay where it's like no that doesn't make you gay there are plenty of straight women who like like baggy shirts and like you know maybe don't have long hair it's like your your hair your clothes your presentation don't dictate your orientation and like it feels so common sense it's like i hate having to say that again and again and again but i appreciate that that movie says it no 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 yeah. you know <laughs> you're entirely wrong
1: exactly and the moment where she just is like no i got to get out of here this isn't me and she's just along the line like it doesn't continue the line maybe it doesn't end C- c17 version but she's like something along the lines like i just want a like a, a dick blah, blah 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 and like the, the guy's next to her like i feel yet like you know yep. like, it's so, it's so great and it's almost like they can't believe oh someone who's like this has to be a lesbian right
0: right well yeah it's like weird you know i know this is gonna sound like a humble brag or or whatever but like i've had people say to me like if i say like oh yeah i'm bi they're like oh but you're so pretty and i'm like (laughs) but what (laughs) you know or like oh like you don't look gay and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's like a weird cultural thing that like there are just so many like beautiful lesbians like just so many like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's just infuriating <laughs> like <laughs> the people definitely like I'd say more so you know 90s and early 2000s like thought that but it's still like you know it's still there where it's just like god damn <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah. She's not a big character in this film, but she's a really important one in in my mind. Yeah. Another character who doesn't make it to the end is Dolph.
0: Yeah. Oh, who's played Dolph.
1: by uh Dante Bosco, who I was like, where do I know this guy? But I don't know if you've ever seen the film Hook. <gasps> yes! Oh. But he's uh-huh. Rafio, Rufi- I think
0: his name's something yeah, like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, I'm like, oh my oh, God. Shit. That's why he looked familiar because I'm like I've seen your face before. Rufio,
1: whatever. Rufio, yeah. Ruf- I don't. I don't
0: I'm bad at pronouncing things. <laughs> so, but you
1: you know exactly the guy yeah. I'm talking about. I'm like oh that's you know he comes back you know later and I want to talk about the ending for sure. But there's a really big scene that I liked. So there's this. I, I'll call it like a rival organization of people who had previously been in the camp, and they're kind of like these gay rebels for <laughs> like <Yes. we're> better. <laughs> um, I know that the two leaders' names are Lloyd Morgan Gordon and Larry Morgan Gordon, mm-hmm. and they're played by Wesley Mann and Richard Mole, who I've seen in other movies, but I, I can't pinpoint off the top of my head. And they pass out a flyer like, hey, meet us at this time. We're going to take you to the gay bar. And essentially, they're doing a good service. They're going to tell them it's okay. I think they're parodied as well. Like, if yeah. you want to talk about where this movie also makes fun of gay culture, if you will, it's kind of with them. Like, once we see like Oh, hats, yeah. Their ha- yeah. And, <laughs> their, their, and
0: their dynamic is very... Accurate. I don't know. <laughs> they feel like they would be right at home in the West Village. You know, like <laughs> I could see them in a party barn arguing about which candles they want to buy. But like, it's not done in like a I don't know, like king of queens or friends or like you know, like '90s sitcom. I'm like, they're gay. You know, kind of way. It's just like, you're like yeah, this dynamic works, and I like that there was like. Even within that dynamic of, like, you know, you do have someone who's, like, a little bit more, like... Femme energy, like outspoken, you know, very um I'm trying to think of the right right way to describe because I want to say it's Lloyd. I I mean again, like the whole like butch fen top bottom dichotomy is also still kind of problematic. Get rid of binaries, oh My God. <laughs> but like you know, the <laughs> yeah, so fact know what
1: you mean. Yeah. the
0: fact that it's like you have one of them who's like, you know, got like this stoic lumberjack kind of vibe. I'm like, yeah, this is accurate because there is like a <laughs> a weird thing that But, like, culturally, it's, like, oh, gay men have, like, limp wrists and are, like, hey, sweetie, and, like, lesbians are butch and Rosie O'Donnell. I don't know. I'm trying to think of (laughs) a conservative, like, the whole, you know, yeah, like, really conservative thinking of just being, like, oh, you deviate from your prescribed gender norms, so therefore you're, like, worthy of being mocked and, like... You know, are a, a blight against society. They are going to cause all these issues, and it's like, nah, like they're just this happy, loving couple, and like represent a spectrum. I mean, they are white as fuck, so like definitely the West Village <laughs> thing. But like, yeah, I appreciate that they were they were treated empathetically. It it, it was like reading, you know, it was done with love, is what Absolutely, I love about yeah. that. Like they were read to filth, but it was with. Love. <laughs>
1: And uh, they inspire a night at, again, I'm using the name in the the film, but it's called the Cocksucker, and it's just like the generic gay bar in this area. (laughs) Right. Uh. And they go there, and it seems pretty... Now, this is something, too, that, not that I had a gripe with, but something that I think is pretty stereotypical. Just because something's a gay bar doesn't mean it also caters to, like, women, men, everyone in the spectrum. It could, right? And often they do. But this is just, like, such an all-encompassing gay bar. Like, there's someone for everyone here. So it's kind of a Shangri-La for all these characters, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. (laughs) I think that's... That's fair to point out. I mean, I also, I don't know, maybe this makes me like basic, but I would want to go to that club.
1: Yeah, it definitely looked like a really cool place. And again, it's such a haven for them and they could kind of behave how they really just want to be and who they are. Uh, Megan's kind of on the fence about going. She ends up tagging along and going. And that's where the sparks really fly.
0: Mm, with yes. her and
1: Graham because there's like this
0: oh, God, woman the, who's there. Yeah, I mean, my my favorite thing, you know, I love the details because it does feel exactly like a small town gay bar. Like, it's oh,
1: yeah, 100%.
0: perfectly done. 100%. And like, you can feel like, you know, the, the queer joy radiating from it, which I think is really important that they included that in because like, I mean, touched on it earlier, but there's so much... Misery depicted and it's like You know like when it comes to Representation of queer people that it's like You know having something like Joyful and being like you know that Andre has like this boa That's fabulous and like He's like performing and like Everyone's just having a good Time and like the Mm -hmm. alleyway Kiss was my favorite Oh my god just the way it was shot And the build up and like the red Lighting and like Oof relatable. Loved it.
1: Oh my god. So it was, much.
0: And like the goodnight kiss that they had, that was so cute. Like I it was think. so
1: yeah, it was so cute. It was so nice to see one again, one of the best high school romances I've seen. I was gonna mention it reminds me of uh growing up in Bergen County just outside New York, the one like I don't know if it's even still open, but the one like gay bar that was like that suburban gay bar was called Feathers.
0: Ooh, um, that's a good gay bar name.
1: <laughs> and it was essentially essentially this. <laughs> My <laughs> wife used to go there all the time, but yeah, I think I've actually
0: we... been to feathers.
1: Are you serious? That's so weird. How the hell did you wind up out there?
0: I mean, I had a friend in college who I'm no longer friends with because they're terrible, but at the time they were from Jersey and like we wanted to go to like a club to dance and she was like, Oh yeah, Little Feather. She's not gay, by the way. So like I don't think she knew it was a gay bar. And I'm not from Jersey. So I didn't know. And then I got in there and I was like, Oh, this is a delight. I'm at home already. And like you know, I mean, she wasn't, like, super uncomfortable, but it was, like, a little bit of, like, a, oh, shit, we're at a gay bar, aren't we? Like, that kind of straight person reaction, where it's, like, her her goal of meeting a dude on the dance floor, I'm like, sweetie, that's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> just give the go-go dancer some money and, like, enjoy yourself. I
1: don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because, like okay a funny story um my wife nicole her be- her best friend was there one night she used to go there all the time too and one day she texts like hey again people will know this person but like hey so i'm at feathers and kyle is here and we both know kyle and,
0: <laughs> oh.
1: uh, you know kyle the host of foodie Films, yeah kyle. on this podcast <laughs> network and i texted kyle i'm like i'm like kyle you're at feathers he's like Yeah, you know, internet date gone a little weird, but having a good time, you know. And uh, I guess I'll mention it, like, these places, they were really cool havens in the suburbs, but they always got, like, infiltrated by, like, eventually... The Kyles of the world? I'm not dissing Kyle at all. But yeah, uh... no,
0: Kyle's great, but I, I get what you mean. of, like, it's a whole other thing that, like, I could definitely go in a tangent about, but it's, like, and, and it even works, like, in a more subtle way within the queer community of just, like, queer people of color invent a cool thing and, like, make a cool <laughs> space, and then the white gays are, like, ooh, I see this cool space, let me use this, and then people see the white gays, and they're, like, oh... I'm straight, I'm going to, like, invade this cool thing. It's like, that's kind of how the f- chain works of, like, weird people of color are the innovators, Might gay people, you know, follow suit, and straight people see the cool shiny thing and ruin it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I hope, I, I hope the quote-unquote
1: <laughs> cocksucker isn't ruined in real life. That's what I was yeah,
0: I hope not, right? Oh my god, that the cock out front, I love it. I, I want it in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, you know, what comes of this little romance um, in a later scene, a little bit later, is that they they have an intimate scene. They have, like, a sex scene, right? Mm. Um, Graham and Megan, and she gets in trouble for it. She's about to graduate, and she gets in trouble for it, and she's yeah. kicked out, which is so sad because, if anything, like, she's... I would say she's the second or third most conservative in that t- entire group. She right. might not be straight, but she still, like, has most of the values that they have. And she runs away to, I guess, the you know, the rebel gay, rebel yeah. gay house. Uh. Rufio is there. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of rainbows. There's a lot of, like, fun stereotypes, but all good. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's just cool. Th- I say it's cool. There's a cool thing that, like... She ends up being the rebel, and Graham ends up being the one who's just going to lie and conform. And she doesn't she yeah. say she has like a budding relationship with um God. What is this character? Joel.
0: The- Joel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he's like, okay. He's like, you're so good. And like, you know, I and love being
0: it. straight. Oh yeah, that yeah, that-, <laughs> that whole like off that they had was amazing um with like megan like touching rock's bicep or like that like awkward <laughs> massage and i'm like oh my god <laughs> but yeah i do want to like circle back a little bit to um i really love the way that they shot the the sex scene between her and Graham. like it felt mm-hmm. really like sweet and tender and like not exploitative and like accurate like it was like very like sensual and textural if -hmm. that makes sense like i I love that like yeah like i feel like there is i don't know kind of circling back to like a really early point about film being a visual medium it's like i think there should be more women who direct because they do pay attention to film as visual and film being like textural and like you like feel like you are there but not in like Mm -hmm. a creepy like Oh, yeah, ladies be fucking, kind of way. <laughs> and like having that contrasting, like the, the simulated sex, like, and being like, oh, this is what, like, healthy, passionate, consensual, tender, this is the good thing that you want, you know, like young baby gays.
1: I've never felt that way before. Except What? Don't laugh, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Except for when I was cheerleading. Really? I'm serious. So it sounds stupid to you, but I really love it. Cheerleading's the one thing that's kept me happy. I would love to see you too.
0: Don't make fun of me. No, I'm not. I'm not. So I think maybe I'm just jealous that you love something. It's like that versus the like ridiculous, you know, like foreplay is for sissies. You just go missionary and like... <laughs> now lean in and kiss her
1: nice rob now feel how soft and vulnerable she is isn't it wonderful now Grump, let him take the lead little tongue he loves you he wants to be with you the way god intended to be inside you his love muscle thrusting you know like
0: that i'm like yeah wow that that other one is like way better and just like beautiful and like it's explicit without actually being pornographic and i'm like that's that's great like i love that you know
1: <laughs> no i i definitely see what you're saying i mean that's a and really plus good point. just
0: like there were some like really like tiny details after with her discovery like she was like on this pillow, and like the pillow has these. Oh my god, they're like Himmel dolls. Like, you know, those like I don't know if you had like grandparents who collected them or if that's like a white people thing, <laughs> but what like it? it's like a Himmel doll. They they talk about it in Better Call Saul, but it's like they're like these figurines and they're made out of porcelain and they're like, you know, Swiss mountain goat herder.
1: Oh, like, I, I just chef, looked it up. Yeah. Howard
0: boy, like those. It's like she's like on a pillow with like the Himmel boy girl, boy girl kind of pattern and it's like in the morning when she's discovered and like the camera's like kind of like i don't know if they shot with like a fish eye but it's like it's very like the camera's like looming over her and like everyone's looming over her and like that's when like mary's like yelling at her and like kicks her out and she like is leaving the house with like her like brown outfit with like her orange pom-poms and I'm just like I thought that that was such a good representation of like the consequences and how like overwhelming it feels to have a beautiful experience ruined by straight people and bigotry because like it's sad that I feel like there are a lot of queer people who would relate to that like I don't think I, I don't think it's uncommon for someone who is queer to like be shamed for having sex with someone of the same gender like, you know, having a relationship or anything. Like, I think it's like very common and it's really sad that's common. So um, I just thought that was such like a good visual representation that maybe even like straight people could get of being like, wow, it must be really fucking overwhelming to have like a bunch of people looming over you and like, you know, telling you you're like, deviant garbage monster <laughs> and like kicking you out and being like, you have no financial support now, go fuck off into the wild and just like the the visual outfit of like her like brown and then also carrying the pom-poms. I thought that was like an interesting connection to like, I don't know, reference how straight culture failed her but like you know the cheerleading that hasn't failed her and like that's still a part of her so even if she's not accepted with that there's like that little tangible hope i don't know if that sounds too like film studies bullshit but i liked it no
1: i get it and you know you make some really good points it really influences what makes her so determined to you know for lack of a better term chase that feeling you know um yeah. when she's kicked out of there she has to go back she has to get Graham, essentially. Mm. I think this can be depicted in a negative way in some in some other films. It could be depicted in a toxic way. But here it doesn't feel like that, if that makes yeah. sense. It doesn't feel like she's chasing someone who just keeps saying no or something. You know? Right. you know they have something there, and you know that... Like, oh, I just love it. I love, I love, the love chase it so much. Here.
0: Graham. One, two, three, four, I won't take no anymore. Five, six, seven, eight, I want you to be my mate. One, two, three, four, you're
1: the one that I adore. Five, six, seven, eight, don't run from me, cause this is fate. Breathe into my hands,
0: I'll cut them like a glass to drink from. Love you. Megan,
1: you stop it this instant. You will wallow
0: in the scroll of your homosexual dependent to the rest of your life. Dog, Yo, come on, let's go. Megan! Oh, God, yeah, the the end is perfect. Like, I love the ending so much. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that like Rufio gets a happy ending too. Oh, sweet baby, you I feel get like a most happy. Most of the end. characters yeah. get somewhat
1: of a happy ending here, and it's great. So I love this ending scene. Um, there's a graduation, and her and Rufio decide to sabotage it. For Rufio, it's pretty easy. Yeah. But for <laughs> uh, for Megan, at first, when she approaches Graham, Graham like denies her because her parents are there, and there's you know, a bunch of bullshit going on.
0: Mm-hmm. And then she
1: just, you know, she gets those pom-poms and she does her cheer routine. Yeah. And as silly as it is, it's so good. Oh, and
0: it's, yeah, it's so cute. I love it. Like just what a ray of sunshine, that cheer routine, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and again, cheer is so Americana, so different to this you know, LGBTQ positive film. Yeah. But in here, it's not shown that way. Again, I'll I'll say what I said earlier. She, she says she loves cheerleading. It's like the one thing that she's most passionate about theoretically in the world. And she uses it to get something and it's just it's so nice it's just so it is nice.
0: oh, it it's heartwarming and it's like also the outfits for the graduation they're a look like the vinyl tuxes i don't know if it's vinyl i think it's pdc or like <laughs> but those tuxes were on point and like the dresses so great, so great. they're just so know. Oh, they're so iconic because like it's it's perfectly curated i mean i will say natasha Leone and her like sunshine just radiant like everything really like made me momentarily forget the insanity of graham's straight person hair because like graham's hair in the movie is perfect except for the ending where she has the weird butterfly clip shenanigans like i don't i don't know (laughs) but but not in a a bad way like it, it it was just it was a choice and like I think it was a deliberate choice on the filmmaker's part to like, you know, show how outplayed she is in this like, you know, like straight white lady, straight, straight lady role, you know? (laughs) But like, I just, yeah, I I love the attention to detail with that. And like the fact that, yeah, it ends in a happy way. And like the kiss on the, the truck with like the clouds painted on the background, like, oh my God, I loved it. Like the color coordination of like the pink and the orange and like, Ugh, it's just like a beautiful painting.
1: Oh yeah! Oh, the way it looks is great. It reminded me of a film, and maybe it took like, paid homage to this film, despite it being kind of problematic today. But the Graduate, you know, when like Dustin Hoffman stops the wedding and then they go off, and oh have, yeah, like I, I saw that in it, and I, and I, I hope it right, was right, yeah, by it because it, again, it's so different, obviously, but it's. Mm. You get a similar, you know, a similar vibe from it, but great yeah. ending. I guess the true ending, though, is like her parents going to like a, for lack of a better term, like a gay acceptance, you know, uh, meeting or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I loved that. That was like the pre-Marvel end credits, but like better <laughs> because actually gay. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> I appreciate it that. That's also like again, it's not like you know an instant happy ending with that because it's like you know she still had to deal with conversion therapy and her parents being like shitty but it is like important to show being like oh yeah you know like the people who are responsible for like helping queer people feel safe and like advancing causes that are important to protecting queer people's humanity and rights are straight people so it's like i like that they included that that it's like straight people who need to fix themselves not gay people You know, like, I think this film should have been PG-13 so that there could have been that, you know, like, hey, teenager, your parents are being real shitty right now. But, like, it's their job to fix themselves. It's your job to just, like, take care of yourself and go after, you know, joy and healthy relationships and, like, be yourself and, like, cheerlead and, like, not worry about, like changing your orientation to fit in yeah no
1: for sure i think on both sides too right because i think at a certain point if you said oh but i'm a cheerleader how could i be gay that there would be a lot of people in the lgbt community to be like oh you're a cheerleader like Mm. that's not you know what we do you know yeah i know this movie is more on the lgbtq side of the spectrum i'm not saying it like plays things down the middle but i think it kind of makes sense on both both sides for like being you know she's who she is and she discovers herself and this is this is ultimately a movie of self-discovery and you know a rite of passage film like a lot of high school films and that's what i love about it yeah she is who she is and she becomes aware of it proud of it and continues just chasing that feeling
0: yeah i love that too yeah it, it is like technically a coming out story but at the same time it's also like like i like the i don't know the way that it, it explores her identity where it doesn't like shame her for being femme or being a cheerleader and it's not like change that drastic besides having the realization that like oh yeah i am gay and like the main thing she does realize is she's gay and wants to make out with Graham. i think that they're they like plant seeds that like her conservative thinking does get opened up a bit, but, like, her core character doesn't really change. Like, she doesn't, like, chop off her hair.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Be like, I'm wearing pants now. It's like, all right. <laughs> she likes skirts. Like, nothing wrong with that. Like, her, her outfits are all really cute and femmy, and, like, I'm for it. I'm here for, like, all the aesthetics.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's... It's a beautiful looking film. It's a nice film story wise. So, every week I have a couple questions, and some of these have changed since the last time you've been on. So, I'll intro them a bit. Was there anything else you wanted to mention about the film, scenes or moments?
0: I mean, um, like, I didn't know this, but like before watching it, but the woman who plays Natasha or Megan's mother, I always want to be like Natasha Leone because I love her. (laughs) But like, uh, Megan's mother played by mink stole and like she was an actor in a lot of john waters early films like she oh yeah she plays uh taffy davenport in female trouble also full disclosure i know i'm gonna lose so much cred right now never seen pink flamingos i don't know if i can i'm so sorry but the (laughs) (laughs) because i know of a certain scene that y'all Maybe know about, maybe don't, but um, it's just too gross. And John Waters is truly the the like just the pope of filth, you know. I I support him.
1: Every week we give out awards. He says, "I don't think you've been on since we've been giving them out, so I'll explain them to you." The first award we we've been giving out is the Wooderson Award, which is named after Matthew McConaughey's character in Days and Confused, famously in that film. He was only supposed to be in, like, one or two shots, but he impressed the director, Richard Linklater, so much that he, like, wrote his character in the movie for other scenes. Is there anyone in this film who you would want to have seen more of? Like, if you were the director, who would you have added more scenes for in the film?
0: Ooh, okay. Um, shit, that's that's a good one. I I might go with, like, I feel like Andre was pretty delightful, and then Jan Like, I liked both of them. I'm like, I want more of you. I mean, I love Natasha, so I'm just like, (laughs) all the things. I feel like it's it's like a three-way tie. I mean, I don't know. It's hard. There are so many good characters of that Yeah, I thought this was pretty
1: balanced. I thought we got to know most of the characters, which is nice. But yeah, it would have been cool to see maybe a little bit more of the guys. That's what I was thinking. Just like, yeah, we do see some of it, but... It's not the focus, obviously. So right. I definitely agree with you. Now, the next award is the Long Duck Dong Award. A character... I mean, you and I have talked about Sixteen Candles, so it probably doesn't need an introduction. But it's a character whose omission would make the film better. So if there's, is there anyone you would delete from the film? Is there anyone who was like, I don't need this storyline?
0: You know, actually, no. I I don't really think... There is I think that every character is essential to this story.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was pretty balanced. I didn't have an answer for this. There was no one who was like, "All right, we don't need to hear about that" or we don't need that. There wasn't like a romantic subplot that I didn't understand or like didn't enjoy. So, I think it's pretty balanced here. So, I can't think of anyone for the Long Duck Dong award here. You know, Long Duck Dong is a racist character and uh yep. <laughs>
0: it's
1: not inclusive. This is a very inclusive film. So, it's almost the opposite of that.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Cameron Fry Award. Um, In Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Alan Ruck was thirty playing a high schooler. Was there anyone here who looked way too old to be a high schooler?
0: Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I didn't know that about Ferris Bueller. Interesting.
1: I mean, I think he does a good job. Yeah. No,
0: I do too. Um. (laughs) I don't know if anyone's like exact age playing, but at the same time, I no one who i'm like that's 30 year old
1: no there exactly there's no one like that in the film i agree with you as well i didn't see anyone who where i was like why is this person with a five o'clock shadow this is the example i always use but why yeah. is this person with a five o'clock shadow the boyfriend here you know
0: right and like her son rock isn't supposed to be in high school so i'm no. like you're fine you're three i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so I, I i guess no one <laughs>
1: No, yeah, I, you know, this movie is casted so well, I don't, you know, it doesn't really fit these categories. So Rotten Tomatoes, this is what I really wanted to talk about. 39% by the critics. This was panned by the critics.
0: Wow.
1: However, 74% by the audience, which I think is pretty high considering, like, middle America watching this too and stuff, you know? This is, <laughs> yeah. People who watch this generally really like this film. Big, big distribution here between what critics like and what the audience likes. But these days on Ice Kiss Lumber Party, we do things on a report card scale from an A to F scale. You know, you could use minuses and pluses, of course, too. What, in your mind, enjoyability, of course, what will you rate But I'm a Cheerleader?
0: You know, I would give it an a And then also, can I include stickers? Like, could I include, like, a rainbow sticker? Yeah, it's an A with a rainbow sticker for me. You know, like, it's delightful. I have no complaints with this movie.
1: Oh yeah, uh, so I gave it an A minus. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would on this watch. I thought it was great. I get how some people maybe can't relate to it. The criticism originally was like, "Oh, the characters are stereotypes." And I want to be like, "Duh, they're kind of supposed to be." But there's so many other characters who are not stereotypes, especially right. at the time. And some people say, "Oh, it, p- it paints in too broad of strokes." And I want to say, "Really?" Who else is doing movies like this in 1999? So I don't agree with the critics bashing this. I really enjoyed this film. That's why I give it an A minus. You give it an A. I think we both really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed talking about it. Sometimes I ask this next question, and I'm like, "Mm, it doesn't really fit in this film. I feel like this question is made for this film. What, but I'm a cheerleader, sleeping bag, would you create in your mind and bring to the slumber party today has to be themed to the movie
0: theme to the movie well the movie has just brilliant use of colors like love all the colors of the movie i cannot stress that enough that like the art direction and color palette is perfection so i would bring one that's colorful as fuck i mean i think (laughs) i might actually Actually, like have to just be the queer as and fuck you um kind of vibe and go for like a rainbow sleeping bag that matches uh there's a shirt rio wears it's like all rainbow and I'm like yes oh yeah okay oh, yeah. love it pajamas, so. so yeah it's like I would have my full rainbow pajamas and then also like um but I would want to have the pajamas and like the femi um, like Natasha, like like there were lots of great robes, so it would be like a robe, and then the pajamas, and then like, you know, the sleeping bag, and they're all rainbow. And like, maybe just for um, added queerness, like, it would sparkle, like it would be sparkly rainbow sleeping bag. And just like, you know, that I mean, there w- there actually was a surprising lack of glitter in this film. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I think I think the palettes were just like Yeah, I'm not
0: mad at it. Yeah. You know, I love glitter, but I think it was a good call. I just think for me to like add my own flair to it, you know, I would just like have like a little a little sparkle. A little sparkly sleeping bag that's all rainbow. Like Rufio's pajama shirt and be like, yeah, with matching pajamas and like go for it,
1: you know? Absolutely. So mine. I think it would just be pretty simple, right? I want it like the pink of the movie on the outside and the blue of the movie on the inside. <gasps> but I want it, even though it's super uncomfortable to sleep in, mm-hmm. I want it the material that like the, the dresses and, and suits are made of during the graduation. Oh, <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, my God. Love it. Those outfits. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Next question. So you and I were having this slumber party we're having this but i'm a cheerleader slumber party you know we walk into our mythical blockbuster that has all the movies in the history of movies and we've rented or we've decided to rent but i'm a cheerleader what other two movies are we renting for our perfect ideal slumber party on this night
0: Ooh, ooh, um god that's that's really hard because like um i want to keep with like that tone of like just like queer and playful and positive and like i mean the only other like like i feel like imagine me and you would be like a little bit of like a palette cleanser where it's gay but it's not john waters like it's just cute it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the cute you know two british ladies one's a florist they fall in love like that's the movie and it's delightful and i love it so much um it would be like that one and then i would i'd have to say like a john waters i feel like either i love um the original hairspray so it's like you know high hairspray movie. high school movie you know like i mean imagine me and you kind of breaks the high school movie thing so i'm like oh
1: shit. no but that's fine no any movie <laughs> but... you want i just was mentioning it
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, I'd have to go with the John Waters. Maybe I could get over fear of watching Pink Flamingos because I haven't seen it. I know I just lost all the cred, but the the <laughs> scene with Divine it freaks me out. I haven't seen it. Don't judge me. <laughs> but, like, um, all good. If if pressed, I would swap out Imagine Me and You for The Little Mermaid because, like, <laughs> <laughs> Little Mermaid, I love it. It's gay as fuck ursula is the best the music is just like i i feel like i don't even have to type this you know maybe i do <laughs> so the disney overlords will love to be like oh yeah she she enjoys our our stealth gay shit indeed i do make it <laughs> canon motherfuckers
1: <laughs> oh i love it i love it well, well jenny i thank you for being part of my world today and coming on on high school slumber party to talk but i'm a cheerleader really appreciate it it was a fun chat i had a blast watching this film again and it fits well in our cheerleader series you know because again all megan wanted to do was find the person she loved possibly but also be a cheerleader and it's perfect so jenny where can people follow you where can people find you on the interweb
0: So you can find me on Instagram, because fuck Facebook, am I right? So my Instagram is at jenny.oconnell. It's a very creative name. That's where you can find my my portfolio. I also have like a fun shits and giggles, you know, personal account, Jenny and the Bets, XO that's there too so just check both of those out you know if if you want no pressure
1: as always really appreciate it and thank you for having you on we'll have you on again soon for sure
0: thank you so much for having me on it was a lot of fun rewatching this movie and of course high school slumber partying it up so <laughs> always a treat
1: well thank you so much and really appreciate it And I mean that. I can't thank Jenny enough for, one, stopping by the slumber party and talking this movie, but also just being completely honest with us and talking about her own experiences. God, I love that. She's a great friend and always great to have her on. And honestly, I can't talk enough good things about But I'm a Cheerleader. By the way, Friday, as we are now bi-weekly, this is Monday. Friday's our next episode. Friday, we're going to have a fun episode, a different episode. So... As you know, we talked the film Angus with Charlie Talbert that was, I'm not sure, but you can look in our archives at cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, and find that episode because that's part of your homework. But we're going to talk to Charlie Talbert again. By the way, he was also on our Fear episode, maybe you remember him from there, and maybe you're like, hmm, I'm not too familiar with Charlie Talbert, who is he? Well, he's actually the star of Angus. And he's going to bare his soul and tell us all about making that film and what he's up to. And oh my god, I'm so excited for this one. This is our first ever High School Slumber Party interview session. And we have a big guest as our first one because this is a star of a high school film. So I'm going to play the trailer for Angus in case you somehow forgot about the movie. And I like playing trailers here. And on the flip side, we'll talk a little bit more about it.
0: (laughs) swallowing
1: snot, you know it doesn't taste that gross
0: from the producer of cool runnings Stop. comes a story about fitting in she's definitely a babe talk to her whether she's popular or not let me go let me go it's a little joke okay watch my butt i'm watching it right now
1: I get the worst pain in my stomach whenever I see her.
0: I think I know what Rick did with your underwear. The underwear is almost as big as the flag. This year's Winter Ball Queen will be Melissa Fever. And this year's Winter Ball King is... Angus Bethune? I can't dance. Oh, I can't talk to girls. You're Angus, right? And I know you set it up. And this is the chance you've wanted your whole life, right? But I can smash Rick Sanford's face in. Got a temper, saver for the football field. I'm not going. You get to dance with Melissa LeFever. I'd sell body parts for a chance like that. You don't have to know how to dance to sweep a girl off her feet. Use what you have in here. We're gonna turn you from a large, pathetic virgin into a large, pathetic virgin with a new look. This is wanda and she is your date she's yours is this a bad time when angus dances with melissa she's never gonna look back call for it angus i think it's all right let i do what i like that that's the
1: way i wanna live right. look angus
0: girls what guys who are dangerous have tattoos Play the guitar! Stick with me. I know these things.
1: Fun movie. Great soundtrack. It's going to be a great conversation. You know why? Not only is Charlie Talbert going to be there, but my guest on the Angus episode, and Fear for that matter, Kate Hudson will be back, and she's going to be asking some questions as well. Oh my God, like I said, I can't wait for this one. And I listened to the episode back a couple days ago, we loved the movie. We loved the soundtrack. But some, occasionally, we said some, maybe some, I don't know, negative things about Charlie's performance. I don't know if he's going to take it that way because honestly, he was up against some serious, serious performers. And honestly, I love the movie. I love the performance. I thought it was so unique, so different. But don't be surprised if he lays it in to us a little bit. I'll just leave it at that. Thank you so much, every week, for joining us. It means so much to me. I can't express that enough, especially in this time. This Monday-Friday format has been awesome. I've had the time to do it, and I've enjoyed so much sharing more with you, the slumberers out there. Remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. I'll leave you with another song from the soundtrack, The Soundtrack which was, by the way, never released. I looked it up. But from the soundtrack to But I'm a Cheerleader, the song is called Just Like Henry. Hey, that's my dog's name. And it's by Dressy Bessie. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. And later, dudes.